Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Did you know that you can know for sure that you'll be in heaven? I mean know it, right now before you die. Well, the Bible says you can, and much more than that, the Bible says you must know it before you die. Now is the day of salvation. Crossing your fingers and hoping for the best will not do. Sin is serious. It must be taken care of in the here and now. It will be far too late after you die. God wants you to be saved in this life while there is time and he wants you to know it and enjoy it for the rest of your life here below. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Jim Bergsma explains how we can know that we have eternal life. It's a message that we hope you won't miss. What could be more important than knowing that all is well for eternity? Where else will you find true peace without being made right with God? Yes, the Bible says it's possible to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are going to heaven. Let's listen as Mr. Bergsma explains how. 1 John chapter 5, and we're going just to read a number of verses that are found there, and we're going to stay there. And so I would encourage you to read along with us, and after we're reading, keep your Bible open there as we consider what is written in 1 John chapter 5, and verse 10. He that believeth, on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And that's as far as I want to read as we consider this portion here. I want to first bring our attention to verse 13. And really, we're going to look at this passage kind of backwards as we're going to back up after verse 13. But in verse 13, we have John writing, he says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life you may know. Now that is something that is many times debated in many places about whether you can know for sure. Can you know for sure? And there will be many that would say, well, you just, you just can't know for sure. But we come to the Word of God and we see John writing, and he's saying that you can know for sure. So if the Bible says you can know for sure, then it has to be evident you can know for sure. 
Now, the question I would, I would encourage you is to ask yourself is, now, do I know for sure that I have eternal life? Now, there might be some, and you might think to yourself, well, is it really that important to know for sure? I would think it is. I remember one day a man came to the meeting, and we, we spoke to him and asked him if he was saved, if he was sure of being in heaven. He, he says, yeah, he says, uh, he says, yeah, I, I think so. And he was pretty confident in his, his think so. And I uh, asked him a little bit more, and I quizzed him some more. He goes, no, no, he says, I, I, really think I, I really think I am. I said to him, well, you know, it's something we can know for sure. And he says, well, I just told you, like, I, I really think I am. But he wouldn't say he knew. And so I asked him, I said, well, do you have a job? He said, yes. I said, do you have a car? He said, yes. I said, why didn't you just say, when it came to those questions, why didn't you just say, I think so? I think I have a job. I, I think I have a car. Well, he says, because I know I have a job. He said, I know I have a car. I said, well, that comes to the Bible. We, we can know that we have eternal life. It's not just a, a think so, not even a, a very confident I think so. And I'm hoping that tonight you realize that that's what you need. You, you want to have that I know. It'd be a strange thing. I'm, I'm planning on going home tonight. It, it would be a strange thing if I stood up here and said to you, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure I know where I live. And I'm, 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 I'm almost positive I know who my wife is. You'd be thinking, well, you better get that straightened out, or you're going to end up in the wrong home with the wrong people. And it's the same thing when it comes to salvation. This is something you, you want to get settled absolutely for sure, or you're going to end up in the wrong place with the wrong people. You can know for sure. Do you want to know? The question sometimes asked is, well, how do I know? And there are some that would teach you have all kinds of different experiences and all that, and this is how you know. But I come to the Word of God, and I find out the way I know is simply through the Word of God. And so I'm going to go to something that's absolutely reliable, and this is where I'm going to get my assurance. As a young boy, I always thought about the things of God, and I always wondered about heaven, what it's like, and, and wondered if I was going to be there. And some days I thought I would be, other days I really wondered. But I used to, as about maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, I, I had one of those uh, blue and red rubber balls that had a, a white stripe. Everybody had one at that time. And I used to stand in front of our house out in the country. I would throw that ball against the porch roof. It would hit the porch roof. Then it would hit the side of the house, and it would make a big arch. And uh, I could stand there and play catch by myself and didn't need my brother. And there would be times, though, I would get in front of the house and I'd be playing that game and I'd be thinking about where I'm going to be, heaven or hell. And so I would then uh, make a kind of a deal with God. I, I would tell God this, I'm going to throw the ball five times and if I catch that ball five times, then you're telling me that I'm going to heaven. Now, I was not trying to earn my way to heaven by catching the ball five times, but as a young boy, I understood this, that God was in charge of everything, God knew everything, and really what I was doing, I was giving God an opportunity to communicate with me this way. And so I would throw it five times, God's in control, if he allowed me to catch it five times, then he's telling me I'm going to heaven. So I'd throw it five times, I would catch it, and I would think, okay, God just told me I'm going to heaven. And off I would go. A day or two later, I'd be there again playing. And I would do the same thing again. Sometimes I would say 20, and I would catch it 20 times. Then I'd be thinking, you know what? God really told me I'm going to heaven. There was also days when I played that game, and I'd miss the ball. 
I would do it again. And, and seeing when the day was going bad, it just got worse and, and, and everything went to pieces. And then in frustration, because I couldn't quit, I would actually say, God, I'm going to throw it five times. And if I don't catch it five times, you're telling me I'm going to heaven. I would throw the ball. I wouldn't even try to catch it. And I would go away. But I didn't have as much confidence that time. But why was I doing that? I, I was wanting to get some kind of assurance from God. But I also remember one day standing there, playing the game, and I thought to myself, Jim, why are you doing this again? You did it yesterday. And the answer was yes. Why are you doing it now? And see, the reality is that I knew, deep down, this was not reliable. I knew that this wasn't something I could firmly hold on to. And I, I didn't have any real confidence in that. See, when I come to the Word of God, it's something totally different. I can come to here and I can get absolute confidence. Whatever God says is absolutely true. And people have come to this book and they've tried to destroy this book and they've tried to say there's all kinds of contradictions and there's not. I was in the chapter's bookstore a number of years ago in the religious section. I, I saw a book there and it had 40 contradictions found in the Word of God. And I thought, dare I even look at this? I couldn't help it. I pulled it off. I flipped it, opened it up. I still remember it was page 41, contradiction number whatever. I'm reading it. I'm going, wait a minute. This, this man has not read this chapter right. And since I was in the religious section, the Bibles were right there. And I, I thought, so I grabbed the Bible and I took a look. And it's like, you know what? He had missed it. He had missed it. So he was pointing out a contradiction that he thought was there and it wasn't there. So, so that one was wrong. And I said, well, that's enough for me. There's a contradiction in this one, it's done, and I put it right back into the shelf. But you come to the Word of God, and you will not find contradictions. And you can be sure of this, that much smarter people than we have spent much more time in this book searching, striving to find these contradictions to destroy this book, and they have not been able to. And so we come to a book we can have confidence in. And it tells us this, that we may know we may know. Now, who can know? Well, again, we just simply look to the Word of God. These things have I written unto you that believe. And we see that word coming up all the time, that believe. That believe what? That believe on the name of the Son of God. Those that believe on the name of the Son of God. In other words, those that have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the ones that can know for sure. It is not those that have lived a good life. It doesn't say that. It's not to those who have been baptized. It is not to those who have joined a certain church. It is to those who have believed and only those. Now, there are many who go around thinking that they're pretty confident in having eternal life, and they're believing something that's not true, and they think it's going to work, but it's not. In the end, they're going to find out it's not. There are those that believe absolutely. They say, oh, I believe I've, I've been baptized and I joined the church and I'm good. And they, they believe it, but they're wrong. This is only for those who have trusted Jesus Christ. Now, when it comes to knowing, not only can we know if we're going to be in heaven, but the reality is we can know the other way too. In verse 12, we back up to verse 12 and we see the simplicity of it. Sometimes people say, you know, the Bible is very, very confusing. And there are some very confusing parts in the Bible. But when it comes to getting into heaven, God has made sure that this is clear and we can understand it. And verse 12 says it very simply, He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Either you have him or you don't. 
and you can't half-have him. He's either your Savior or he's not. And it's kind of interesting when it comes to the forgiveness of sins. That either our sins are completely forgiven or not one is. And as each and every one of us are sitting here in this meeting, each and every one of us, either your sins are all forgiven, every single one, or not a single one. And that's something to consider. It's not a matter of coming at the end of the day and asking for the forgiveness of sins and saying, I've taken care of that part. No. Either all are forgiven or none are forgiven. And it's based simply on this. Either you have the Son or you don't have the Son. Either you've trusted the Son or you haven't. Now notice verse 11. It says, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and this life is in his Son. And so what we see, this is the record of God. God is recording, God is testifying that he has given to us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He wants you to have eternal life and he wants you to know this eternal life through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But now what are you going to do with the record? And then we come into verse 10. Verse 10 is a bit of a, a longer verse, but consider it again. It says this, He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So again, you you see that very clear division. There's no gray area here when it comes to God's salvation. There's no gray area here when it comes to having sins forgiven. It's very clear. You have either believed on the Son of God or you haven't believed. And when you haven't believed, verse 10 tells us, it's because you have not believed the record that God gave of His Son. Verse 11, and this is the record. God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. It's very simple. Now here's the interesting part. Do you believe God? I would think if I were to ask everybody here, I think everybody from the very youngest to the oldest would say, I believe God. I don't think there's anyone here that would say, I think God is a liar. And yet we have here that anyone who does not believe on the Son of God has called God a liar because he has not believed the record that God gave of his Son. And I think about all these people that are lost for eternity and they're in this place called hell. There's many labels that we could put upon them, but one of the labels that we could put on everyone who is lost forever is this. They called God a liar. They called God a liar. And from this verse here, understanding that those who are in hell have called God a liar, I understand the truth of this, that therefore Christ died for all. He had to have died for all. He had to have died for those that are in hell even because if he hadn't, they wouldn't have been calling him a liar. But they've called him a liar and that is why they're there. I come to the Bible and this is what I find. Christ died for all. Every single one. And it's a joy for me whenever I meet anyone, I am able to tell them with absolute assurance that Christ has died for their sins. Some would say, well, if Christ died for everyone, then doesn't everyone go to heaven? But we come to the Bible and we do not ever read this, that whosoever Christ died for shall be saved. The Bible never teaches that. Whosoever Christ died for shall be saved. No, it's whosoever believeth. And so here we have the record that God has given 
the testimony that he has given of his son, and really now we have to consider it? Are we going to believe it or are we not? And if we don't believe it, we're actually saying to God, he's a liar. You say, well, I would, I would never call God a liar. And yet, maybe you're sitting here and you know you're, you're not saved. And you might be struggling with it. Well, well, how is it? It's a strange thing, isn't it? To, to call someone a liar if you know that they never lie. And yet, this is what we see. See, if I were to tell you something that's absolutely true, and you said, well, I, I don't believe you, you're actually calling me a liar. And it doesn't matter how nicely you say to me that you don't believe me, you are still calling me a liar. So when you are actually not believing that Christ came to the cross to die for your sins, as politely as you might be putting it, you are still calling God a liar. And so you might ask yourself, well then, what am I to do? What am I to do? To believe God. That's what it is. It's believing God. And you say, well, how do I do that? And I've had many, many people ask me, well, well, how do I, how do I believe? How do I believe? I think there's a lot of people that it's not that they have a problem with God. They have a problem with their believing. How, how do I believe? And you know, believing is a, is a very interesting thing. I don't know if we spend enough time thinking about believing. If we come into Romans chapter four, we find out something very clear about believing, that believing is not a work. It talks about Abraham. And he believed God. And in verse 5, it speaks how that this righteousness that is needed, it's, it's given to those, and it's not of works, not to those who work, but to those that believe. Believing is not a work. See, sometimes when we think about we want to work to get to heaven, that there's something we do, we can do, we can change it, we can whatever. When it comes to believing, you know, you are very limited in what you can do with your believing. You're very limited. See, your believing is based on this, what you consider to be true or not true. What you consider to be true or not true is going to affect your believing. So we come right back again to, does God tell the truth or not? Is he a liar or not? Can I believe the record? I want to just test a little bit with your believing. For instance, take my Bible here, it's black. Maybe there's someone here who's colored blind, I hope not. Try to believe it's white. You're not able to. So you might think you can do things about your believing, but you're very limited in what you can do about your believing. And for those who struggle with believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they ask yourself, how do I believe? And they try all kinds of things to do with their believing, and they can't do anything. I'll use an example here. When it comes to this cup of water, to believe that it's sitting there, you have absolutely no problem at all believing that. Now, I want to challenge you. I want you to believe that that cup of water is, is sitting right here. Try to believe that. Try to do that. Change your believing. Now, now, as much as you might try to believe that cup of water is hitting here, you are not able to do anything about it. But now I offer you $100 if you could believe that this cup of water is over here. Does it help? Well, you might try harder, but you, you still can't do it. Now, I, I offer you $1,000. You think, well, now, now there's something I really want to work at this. And you try even harder, but you still can't do it. So finally, I offer you a million dollars. A million dollars, if you can believe this cup is sitting right here. Now the incentive is incredible. 
and you, and you want to do it. You say, well, you're going to lie about it and say you believe it, but the reality is you don't believe that cup is there. And you know, there's people who, when they come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they understand that I need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, and they think I'm going to make myself believe, and they work and they work, and after a while they're exhausted. And they've accomplished nothing. And so they think to themselves, okay, I'm going to believe that Jesus died for me. Didn't work. Okay, I'm going to believe because if I don't, I'll never be in heaven. So I'm going to believe and, and they work on that for a while. Then, then that doesn't work. So they start to think about hell. I'm going to be in hell if I don't trust. So I'm really going to try to believe. And they give themselves more incentive to believe. And they start to picture more and more about hell. And after a while, they still haven't gotten there. See, because you're so limited in what you believe. You can't do much with your belief. It's based on what you perceive to know to be true or not true. I'm going to make you believe that this cup is sitting over here tonight. And you're wondering, well, how in the world is he going to do that? Well, you know, it's not really that hard. By the way, the million-dollar offer is off. But now, now you're, it's there. You, you know it's there. And you didn't even have to work on your believing. You didn't have to even try. You didn't have to do anything. You just, you just simply saw it, and you know, you know it's there. How do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? You just go to what God says. That's what it is. You go to the most reliable source that can be found in the universe, God's Word. And God says, His Son came into the world to die on the cross for your sin. And all He's looking for you to do is simply believe it. And so your problem isn't that you're not able to believe or you're not believing hard enough. The problem is you're not trusting what God says. And in your mind, you're saying, well, can't trust God. I like verse 9. We didn't read verse 9. We'll back up into 9 now. And it says this, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. If we receive the witness of men, it's interesting what we will believe when people tell us things. We'll sometimes believe the craziest things. But we come here, we see this. What he's saying is, if we believe what people say, We should have absolutely no problem at all in believing what God says. God in his word tonight is telling you this. You're a sinner. You've sinned against a holy and righteous God. God loves you in spite of everything you have done. He sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross. At the cross, he took the punishment, the sins of the whole world upon himself. And it was all done so that you could have eternal life. Only thing (laughs) that you need to do is believe it. And that's it. There's no more. I just want you to think about that. Are you going to heaven tonight? Are you going to hell? Have you trusted Jesus Christ or not? What does God say? Did he die for you or did he not? And if you're not saved tonight, I would encourage you, if you don't get it settled here, if you don't get it settled on the way home, If you find yourself in bed tonight still not getting it settled, I would encourage you just to simply ask yourself this one question. Did he die for me or not? Did he die for me or not?
So do you believe it? Or more importantly, do you believe God? Or are you still one of the many who persist in calling God a liar? God says you can know. Don't say that you can't. God says that Christ died for the ungodly, for sinners. Don't say that he didn't do it or that it didn't include you. Believe the record that God gives. He sent his son to be the savior of sinners. Christ paid for sin on the cross of Calvary. Won't you just believe what God says? Won't you just trust him? We pray that you will and will go on your way rejoicing in God's great salvation. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest to you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.